should be on oh, the microphone now. Amen. It's good to be among happy people. No one should be happier than the people of God. Wow. Oh, there we go. Whew. I was afraid I was in the wrong church tonight. You know, there's three of them back to back. I just, man, sometimes I wonder if I made it to the right place. It's good to be among God's people. God's people should be the most joyful people to be around. Go ahead and look here inside of the book of Matthew 22. Matthew 22. We're going to stand. We're going to a few verses, then we're going we're gonna to move on to tonight's message. We look here, and this is the, the, the setting is Jesus talking to the Herodians, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the lawyers, all those who would oppose him and oppose his stance on truth. We see that he, he is doing this in Jerusalem. This is after the triumphant entry. This is after he's done some, some other miracles, cast out the money changers. And they're trying to trap him and get him. And they're asking questions about divorce and questions about uh, tribute money and questions about taxes and all kinds of questions. And finally, we see here inside of verse 34, it says, But when the, the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together, and one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You notice the lawyer didn't ask what the second one was. Christ just tacked it on for a good measure. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. How, how great it is, Lord, to be a servant unto you, Lord, and a child of yours. God, help us just to be all here, Lord. Help us, God, not to to have our worries or our fears be in, in, in between direct communication with you. Help us, God, to be pure of heart and pure of mind as we look for what you'd have with us here tonight. I ask it in your name. Amen. On these two things hang all, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, I don't like using text as screen text, if you will. I like using it as where I'm going to stay most of the time or bounce back and forth from. But in this instance, I believe this begs the question of how important these two commandments are. We understand the first one rather well. The love the, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and mind. And we, we understand that. We understand the reason behind it, but so often what Christ mentioned as the second great commandment, at how it is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, we get into a whole different realm of love. It's easy to say we love God. It's even easier to love God than it is to love our fellow man. Because God is everything we are not. God is everything above us. He is everything greater than us. He's everything that we can never be. But to love someone just like us takes something out of you. 
We're going to turn over here to the book of 1 John. Book of 1 John is where we're going to be marching through tonight mainly. I just really believe that the, the, the setup was necessary for this. Because we, we see how important those two commandments are. And when we get one of them, we even get the second one to an extent. But the practical application of loving others, it's a hard one. Because people are hard to love. Well, look here inside of some very familiar verses, but still very powerful to remember. As we see here inside of, of verse John chapter 4, verse 1 through 21, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, verse 11 says, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in who? Us. And his love is perfected in who? Us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the, that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. We'll continue reading here in a second. But we see, we see how important now that second commandment is. I can, I, I can tell you from experience, just like you can, I have a much easier time loving my Heavenly Father than I do loving my earthly brethren. I can tell you from a fact that God has never yet annoyed me. God has never yet frustrated me. God has never yet made me angry because of who He is. But my brothers have. <laughs> my sisters in Christ have. Other people have. God's never made me mad. He's convicted me. He's shown me truth. But never to this day have I been mad at God because he wronged me. Usually it's, it's something I did that makes me mad at him. We see here that this, this path of this text gets into the, the very practical application of why God's love is something that should be shared. We're going to be marching just through a couple uh, points today. I want to start about point number one. We see that God's love is proven in his sacrifice. This time of year we're reminded of how humble and how lowly he came to this world and how, how, how true it was that he came to die upon Calvary for our sins and for our mistakes that we made. Nothing he did. We see that the Lord, his, his love is proven in his sacrifice. In verse 9 it says, 
In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10 says, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. It's very much a one-sided gift. It's something that God gave to us. I would submit to you that before God gave, we didn't have love. We didn't have anything this deep, anything this great. No, we had our level of love, which we know for a fact isn't true love. When I think about human love, I think about puppy love in the sense of you're going to grow out of it. Something will change. Everyone right about this time of year is looking at presents for folks. And inevitably, the insane idea to buy a live animal as a Christmas gift is in someone's brain right now. And I'll give it to you. They're adorable for about six months. But have you seen how cute Great Dane puppies are? Oh, they're adorable. Have you seen a fully grown Great Dane? They're still adorable, but a different height, weight, and length of adorable. And in your 500 square foot apartment, a puppy fits nicely. A full grown Great Dane does not. Everyone looks at how cute these animals are until the first piece of furniture gets scratched up. The first mess gets done in the house. The first mistake happens. And unfortunately, it's true that the love that people had for that pet changes in somewhat of a sad way many times. We see that same level of love, human love that is, in our interaction with each other. Someone meets someone that they think is cute and there's this huge level of love. Oh, I love them so much. How long have you known them? A week and a half. All right. <laughs> Let's get into this. I always enjoyed youth camps and how you'd meet the one at Bible camp. You met them for a week, and you'll write them for another two weeks, and then forget who they were by next teen camp. So you can find another true love. <laughs> it's amazing how fast we go through phases of love. They say that love is like a favorite food. It depends how many times you eat it before you stop loving it. I can tell you for a fact, I, I have some foods I won't eat because I ate a bunch of it growing up. And that's just because I don't want it. It's, it's expired my desire to continue eating it. And I am not going to return to it. That's the human level of love. But what we see here is that God's love is not only pure in its purpose, but it's proven in its sacrifice that he gave first to us a level of love that we cannot comprehend, we cannot replicate, we cannot imitate. It is one that is purely given to him. And in verse 10 it says, Here in his love, not that we loved God, not that we did anything to deserve or receive this love, that his love was no, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. It is a selfless love he gives us. So point one is God's love is proven in his sacrifice. The Lord of lords took on the flesh of man. Took on the humble birth in the manger. With the sole purpose of dying for sins he never committed. Moving on we rapidly we see that point number two is found inside of verse 11. Where it says, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also, what? 
love one another. We also ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Number two is that the love of God is perfected in our love towards others. Some of the greatest gifts I've received are gifts I can share with others. I enjoy getting things like board games, puzzles, outside activities. One of my favorite gifts from my grandfather was a grappling hook. You know how much fun it was to be the kid in your homeschool group with a grappling hook? My goodness, it was just popularity central. We got in a lot of trouble because of it. But we had a grappling hook. One of my favorite gifts from, from members of my family is puzzles that require involvement. I don't do puzzles alone. I will go insane. I have to involve people. My father-in-law knows I am allergic to cats, and so usually every year I get a cat puzzle, and I love it. And you know, I'm also slightly shade blind, so when he gets the ones that are, are quite ornate, I can't really tell the pieces color apart, and it's always fun to do. But I, I enjoy puzzles because I get to involve other people, and I get to get my wife involved, and we get to make puzzles together. It's enjoyable. Board games, love it. Don't give me a one-player game. Give me like a 20-player game. Why? Because I'm going to find 19 suckers to play it with me. And it's going to be great. I enjoy involvement. God's love isn't a gift just for us to possess. It is a gift for us to give to others and to share and to pass along because that is what perfects his love in us. It's not a selfish love that we hold on to and it's mine, 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 mine. No, it is perfected in the sharing of it. It's perfected and there's more joy in taking what God has given us and giving to others because that's the intention of the gift. That's what it's meant to be. You ask my wife, I, 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 I have to share some things. If people give me like a cake, I don't eat it myself. I, I, I give it to others. We've been to parties where I've received a gift, and by the time I get to the half, you know, halfway out the door, I've like given piece, like pieces of it away. Because I, one, don't need the whole pie, but then two, I want to see others enjoy it as well. If you spend any time around me, I'm going to show you my passions. I'm going to show you what I enjoy. If you spend any time around me, we're going to go out to eat and try some weird food. Why? Because that's fun. We're going to go to the gun range and, and just go through an insane amount of bullets. Why? Because that's fun. We're going to do things that I enjoy and I want you to enjoy. Why? Because it's so much more fun to share. But that's how God's love is. It's a love that you desire to share. It's a love that you, 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 you desire to see others enjoy. God's love is an indwelling love that desires an outward proof. The purpose of God, the very essence of him, is given to us an undeserving recipient in its pure form, it is a sacrifice from God to us and that we have a desire to share that beauty, that pureness, that, 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 that fantastic gift with others 
so that they may know the joy we know. His love is perfected in our sharing of that toward others. Moving on, we see here that God's love is a love that is perpetuated in our boldness toward the lost. Skip down here to, we see we have verse 16. And we have known that, uh, and we have known and believe that love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we might have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in this world. What was he in this world? He was a light. He was a truth. He was a, a, a person who would, would love on others. He would, he would fellowship with those who had need. He was very much a savior to all. And because as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There's no fear involved in love. If you look at the, the, the truth that love is meant to be shared, what is the thing that holds you back from sharing? Worry. Fear. Rejection. If, if, I, if I was to find an amazing food that I loved, the only thing keeping me back from sharing it with you is my fear that you won't like it. It's true. And that goes with everything human. Why do folks hesitate from sharing something that's changed their life? The fear of rejection. The fear of being told it's not that great. The fear of, of loss. I can tell you tonight, God's love as we know it and as we understand it is meant to be shared with those who need it. And the only thing holding us back from, from perpetuating and putting into action and putting into motion that, that sharing is our fear of what others will think. You know, when, when you look at the highest level of love, it is found at the, uh, the, the greatest expression of love. It's not the highest, it is the lowest. For example, you hear wedding vows. It is what? In Sickness and in health, in poverty or in wealth. I'm out of rhymes, but it sounds great. <laughs> the level of love from a husband to a wife is found at its purest and greatest form, not when life is going great, but when life should be way better. We look at, at some of the biggest examples of love toward a spouse. There's the mental pictures you have of a husband holding a wife's hand in the hospital as she goes through chemotherapy. A woman pushing her husband as he's lost his ability to use his legs due to injury or war. A mother holding a, a dying child as, as some disease riddles its body and takes its life. That's love. 
Loving on someone who has nothing to give you, nothing to, to, to pay you with. Giving of, uh, of your uh, overabundance to those who need. But more importantly is giving of your lack to those in need. It's a beautiful thing to see those who don't have enough sharing what they have with others who have nothing. It's a beautiful thing. That's love. The level of love God has with love that, that, that he desires us to share with others. And so often what holds us back from sharing is our fear of rejection or our fear of loss. And so we find ourselves at the doors of those who need what we have, afraid to knock. No, that's not the love that God gave us. What's holding it back? It's that fear we have. It's that, it's that fear of, of, of it not being received. Can I remind you that God's love cannot be rejected? Sorry, diminished. God's love cannot be diminished by rejection. God's love cannot be tainted by disdain. God's love cannot be made less valuable by someone's opinion. Why? Because it's not theirs. It's God's. The love that God has given us is out of his desire to see us become better. But more importantly, it is perfected in our sharing of, with others because that, that, that gospel truth, that love that who he is, is needed to be shared with others. And there's nothing worse than us holding that in, holding in that sharing because we're afraid and fearful. No, it says that here is love made perfect. Why? Because in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. When I, when I, I, I do talk to folks about Jesus and they reject the idea, it's sad. But I don't take it personally. It's a sad thing to see because they don't know who God is. If they only knew what they were, were rejecting, who they were rejecting, it would change it all. But it would be criminal of me to contain and to hold back sharing what I know about Christ because I'm afraid of getting hurt. I hope you understand that tonight. I hope you understand that the, the, the love that God pours into us is meant to be shared. And there is a joy in sharing. And there is a, a perfection in our own lives in sharing it. And when we hold that back, we only hurt our own selves. We only have that, 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 that growth of fear in our own hearts. The fear of whatever it is holding us back. We only hurt our own selves. Because it says in verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. The warning in verse 20 says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that, we, that he who loveth God love his brother also. There's two parts to that. We see God and who he is. 
And we love him for that. But that love that God gave us requires us to overlook the faults in others. What makes a marriage so beautiful is, is that it's two individuals loving each other despite of who they are. I'm not perfect. That's my wife. But she loves me regardless. She's not perfect. Just ask me. I won't tell you. You can ask me. <laughs> She's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're an imperfect couple in an imperfect world. But we have a perfect love. Why? Because we serve a perfect God. You know, Southwest Baptist Church has imperfect people. Not any of you guys, don't worry. Imperfect brothers and sisters in Christ. They say there's no feud like a family feud. And I have to agree. I have yet to punch a stranger, but I have and will again punch a sibling. Said it. <laughs> going to happen I have yet to have a rivalry with a stranger but I have had brothers and sisters in Christ who I have had feuds and rivalry with over the years why is that you'd think we have the most in common with each other right here I'll be honest I have more in common with the people of this church than I do my own siblings most of the time and it's a truthful saying I have more in common with people that I, I have grown up with in this church than I do with friends outside of this church, but even family, extended family. But I can tell you, I've had more feuds with brothers and sisters in Christ than I have extended family and friends. We have no problem Getting past verse 17 and verse 18. We understand, oh, that, that, that love that God has for us should be bold. It should be perfected in the sharing of it. It should be something that we stand upon the door of a stranger and knock and say, there is something you need that God has given me to share to you. We have no problem with that. But then we go to church and there's, there's brother so-and-so. There's sister such-and-such and... Such and I just don't like how they dress. I just can't stand the way he combs his hair. Can't stand how he leads songs. Nothing drives me more crazy than how he says, Hi, man. I've had folks like that. Why? You know, the hardest part about loving people is loving people you know. I can love a perfect stranger that I sit on the bus with or have a plane ride with. Why? Because I'm probably never going to see him again. And that's true. But when you see someone every day, every Wednesday, every Sunday, and you know them for most of your life, you can let the love of God be somewhat stopped toward them because, oh, it's, it's, it's just David. It's just Bethany. It's just John. It's just Mary. It's just Joe. It's just Barbara. They know I love them. Scroll back a little bit. God's love is made perfect 
in action. Action toward who? Everyone. Why? Because God's love is action toward everyone. God's love is made perfect in our lives by us sharing it with everyone, not just strangers. Oh, I have boldness. I can tell a perfect stranger. But I have a hard time showing it to brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? This commandment have we from him that, we, that, that he loveth God, loveth his brother also. The whole crux of all of this, both in Matthew and in 1 John, is the truth that the love of God is perfected in our love towards others. Not just our love towards the lost, not, not just our love towards the saved, but our love towards everyone. Can I tell you, there's some scary people in this world who need love. There's some horrible people in this world who need love. There's some great people in this world who need love. There's some great people in this church who need love. This is a Wednesday night crowd. I, I, I don't want to get too on your toes. At the same time, I'm going to stop on them a little bit. If there's someone in your mind that you're like, I have a hard time loving them. Great. Love them a little more. That I know for a fact, every time I read these passages, I think there's someone always in my mind that I, I know I need to love a little more. Because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There are people that are on my heart, and there are people that God has given me in my life who I need to show more of the love that God gave me, but I'm afraid. I have to get past that. I have to become bold in that. There are brothers and sisters in Christ who I have grown cold towards. Why? Because we're human. But that doesn't make it right. There are times I know in my life I am cold towards someone who I have more in common with than most of this world. And that's not right. Notice the, the, the whole big idea is that the love of God is perfected in our love towards others. Not some people. No, others. Could be all, if you wanted to put it that way. God's love is perfected in our love towards all. You know, as we, as we get, get going in life, we meet new people. It's great. It's enjoyable. And you take them to your favorite restaurant. And you, you take them to your favorite place to, to go shop. And you, and you take them on trips. And you go to men's conferences. And you go to ladies' conferences. But if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll treat it like puppy love. To where the moment they've kind of grown out of your desire to be around them. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's just so and so. We diminish that love towards each other. And we're so readily available to love strangers, but we have a coolness toward those that we know and those that we've seen. You know what makes the marriage love so beautiful? It's two people who know exactly how to dismantle the other person, deciding not to. My wife knows my weaknesses and vice versa. And we 
publicly choose to not destroy each other. And I'm thankful for that. I am grateful for that. That's love. We're going to grow, but we're only going to grow by us first understanding God's love is given to us. So many folks don't even get to that point. They think they're not worthy of it. Of course you're not, but it's still given to us. But we're going we're gonna to start to grow because we're going to take that love that God gave us and we're going to do what? Hide it under a bushel. No. We're going to share it with others. We get the opportunity to come alongside other people in this church and go knock doors and go hand out tracts and go share the love of God in boldness, making it a perfect love that God's given us. But then we get to take it back here and we get to love on each other in this church. I love it that we're concerned about the Grunewalds. Why? Because we love them. I love it that we're happy for unspokens unspoken prayers answered why because we love that but love can get old some of you have known me since i was six years old that was 20 years ago sorry some of you i've known for 20 years can i tell you i love you you drive me crazy but i love you and I drive you crazy. But hopefully you love me. And we're just going to get better. Why? Because the love of God is made perfect in the sharing of it. This time of season, this time of year isn't about, it, it, candidly, it isn't about the manger. It isn't about the cross. It's about the Christ. Both the one in the manger and on the cross. The one currently in heaven. The one currently in our hearts. The one currently ready for us to share his love with all we come in contact with. That's the whole reason behind Christmas is Christ. And that's the whole reason behind the whole year. Holiday spirit should be 365 days long. Celebrating the truth that God is alive. When we come upon fear in our lives of rejection, we have to remember the purpose of the gift of love is to share it. And sometimes that boldness has to be initiated externally. And that's what the second part of this comes into. Others loving one another and supporting one another on these two things hang the gospel hang the prophets and the law why because loving god and loving people is the whole purpose of christ and if we love god we'll love others and we'll love all think on this is there someone you could love more and when Will you do it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless us today. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, help us, Lord, to just be free from the love you've given us. God, I pray that you would bless.
this church as it seeks.